that comes to an end tonight. And I wasn't sure if we were going to get to have service or not. I mean, I was over here twice today, and both times the stoplights right at the corner were not working. The power was off in this area, so I was not sure if we were going to, if we were going to, and we have computerized lights, so it's not like we can even have, we could have moved up to the Bresh Arbor, I guess, out in the parking lot. But uh, in our series on stewardship, we looked at week one, what is stewardship, and I encourage you to go back if you missed any of these, because uh, each lesson is pretty crucial to this concept of stewardship. Week one is what is stewardship, two is stewardship of time, three is stewardship of talent, and then as you probably can tell what's coming next, we're going to look at treasure tonight as we wrap up this series. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for just doing what you do and doing it so well, and that is just having control of all things and knowing the beginning from the ending. And God, I just pray that you'd speak and touch every heart, mind, and life that's not only here but tuned in online. But Jesus, really bless the people who've made it a point to be here on a Wednesday evening for just crucial life principles as we, Lord, examine your word and then look to apply those principles to our lives and be the people you want us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. As we've been talking about throughout this series, every single thing we have is the Lord's. Nothing that you have, no talent, no t- the time you have, the treasure, nothing, nothing you have is really yours. It's, it is on loan to us from God. Our time is a blessing from God. Our talent is God-given, and our treasure is only in our hands because he's allowed it to be in our hands. And so treasure, as I talk about tonight, has to do with our finances. This is what I've been saying. Everyone you say, I'm going to do a, if I, that's why I didn't do a ton of promo on this series, because if I said, Join us for this series on stewardship. Most people would have just stayed home. And that's why, honestly, I think the crowd might have thinned out a little bit throughout the weeks. They knew what's left. It's only finances. I'm staying home for that one. But uh, a lot of times people think stewardship just is money. Well, that's definitely a component. That's one we're going to talk about. But notice this is last because stewardship is just understanding God's role and your role more than it is even about one category or one topic. But treasure has to do with our finances, and no matter what, this applies to all of us, every single one of us. If you're sitting here saying, "Uh uh-uh, I don't have much, it does not matter. He gave talent, one, five, ten, so, I mean, like, one, two, five. He he gives these talents out, and and some just buried it, and some, some doubled it. But no matter what, we understand that God has given us something, even when it comes to treasure. And so... I say this because you are either with what you've been given, whether that's little or much, which is interesting anyway, because depending on who you're asking a definition from, your little might be else's someone else's much, or your much might be someone else's little. So, I mean, it's all relative, I guess, depending on the definition and who you're speaking with. Uh, but you are either with what God's given you, we are either good stewards or bad stewards. I don't, really, I don't really see God define in his word, hey, let's introduce you to the person that I've blessed. Let's introduce you to the person that I've cursed. And then let's introduce you to the person that's like, eh, so-so. They sometimes get in, they sometimes don't. Like, it, it, very apparent, it seems black and white, that you're either blessed or you're cursed. You're either a good steward or a bad steward. And so... The dictionary offers the following definition. Stewardship is the office, duties, and obligations of a steward. 
the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. We are stewards. But then treasure, it says, wealth, such as money, jewels, precious metals, stored up or hoarded. Wealth of any kind. I didn't. That's Webster's Dictionary. Wealth of any kind in any form. A store of money and reserves, something of great worth or value, a collection of precious things. Stewardship refers to a function or a responsibility, and its definitions will include words like duty, obligation, careful, responsible, and trusted. These indicate that the role of a steward is a serious one. And so if I'm tasked with the opportunity to be a steward over something, manage something, then I am expected to be prudent and to act responsibly with that which is assigned to my care. I doubt that if you voted in your board, and some of our board is here tonight, I see Brother Foster, Brother Keith Green, where else? Michael's up in the sound booth. There's Brother Michael up in the sound booth. Okay, and, and Brother Kirby, he's driving people around. So, <laughs> being a good steward of his time. But I doubt that if you said, hey, I voted for you, Brother Green, you're going to represent me in financial decisions for the church. Somebody over here says, Brother Robinson, I voted for you. You're going to represent me in financial decisions of the church. And he tells Brother Foster the same thing. And then you guys here, that last night, we decided to go out to the Capitol Grill, and the board got ourselves steaks, and went to the Kaufman, and watched the Royals play baseball, and we did it on the church's dime, because we thought that it would be a good time. Now, if we did that, I, I doubt that there would be many people here that'd be like, oh, that's cool, did you guys have a good time? Chances are, some of you trust us, and you might say, okay. Strange, but others would be like, you did, you did what? What was the purpose? I voted you in to be a, a steward of the resources that God's given the church, and I'm, I'm just feeling a little bit perturbed that I feel like you have unwisely used the resources of the church to do crazy things that I'm just not comfortable with. And so we can all kind of understand that, but I just wonder how many times God looks at us and says, you know, I'm just not comfortable with what you're using, the resources that I've given you, and the things and the choices that you're making. You see, when you read these words about a steward, we're supposed to be prudent, to act responsibly. Treasure refers to a thing or a collection of things. And these are not just ordinary things. These are precious, as we just saw defined, precious or valuable things. Just based on these definitions, we can safely say being a steward of valuable and precious treasure requires a certain level of attention, of management. If I'm a steward of the resources God has blessed me with, then I need to be intentional. I need to be paying attention to the treasure that God has placed in my hands. I would even argue, I, I kind of stepped on toes a few weeks ago, so I won't stay on this long, but I would even argue that if we're supposed to pay attention to the resources he placed in our hands, that we might be able to make the argument that it's God's will for his people to live on budgets.
because if we're called to be attentive and saying, God has placed this in my care, then I think that we could say, well, let's take a look at how much we've spent last month in Starbucks. I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Now, how many times have we gone out for fast food? No. Just pay the bill. Give Visa the money. And let's move on to next month. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's called us to be more attentive than that. Because guess what? If I'm more attentive than that, when a campaign comes up like this, or even a special need, a missionary walks in and we say, hey, we want to bless this missionary. A missionary has a project in another country and we say, we want to we help them get that project up and running. I know that your heartstrings, as you love and serve God, you're going, oh, I want to be a part of that. I'm going to step out in faith. And that's admirable and that's celebrated in pulpits across America. And so people will go, yes. I'm just going to step out in faith, and I'm going to write that number. Then we write the number, and we stress out to the max because we're like, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know where that's going to come from. <laughs> but I did it for God. God, provide the number, please. I just wonder if a God ever goes... I actually do every single month. And some of the preparation of really preparing with our finances and being wise stewards is what allows us to step out in faith, but to also have somewhat of a plan to actually schedule into our lives being a giver. The Bible talks about tithes and offerings. A lot of America, just, just statistics alone, America struggles just with the tithe. But scripture calls for tithes and offerings. Tithes is that first 10%. Offering is above and beyond that. And so I want to be blessed. So we're going to live, my wife and I, we're every month, we're going to give tithes and offering. Because scripture calls for it. And so I'm going to build that into my life. And when someone comes in, we're going to sit down and say, where can we take this from? But let's also stretch. But not so much to the fact where I go, I can't even sleep at night. No, because I know that we're just going to have to change the way we live. Maybe cut some things that discretionary spending that makes me feel it a little more. But yet steps out in faith, but yet has a plan. So, I've already spent more time on this than I intended to, but I'm very passionate about this because I believe that the, the church of God should be stepping out in faith. But I also believe that the church of God should be wise stewards. And I believe those two things should and could coincide very well. Look what the Bible says about this concept of stewardship financially even. I know you might not think about this, but look at Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Here we learn that we are God's creation. We're recipients of the resources he chose to bestow both 
within us and on us and near us in, on this earth. And then you jump down to verse 28, and he says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God puts Adam in charge of the Garden of Eden. That included the responsibility to take care of it, to cultivate it. By extension, we can reasonably say, hey, God has assigned us the duty of stewardship over his wonderful and amazing treasure of this earth that he created. You look back, it's creation principle. Adam, here's what I blessed you with. Now I'm calling you to cultivate it, to look over it, and to really serve it, tend it. And so with that, we, we could say by extension, hey, reasonably, I could say that God has assigned us the duty of stewardship over the amazing treasure that he's given us on this earth. Stewardship means more than just safeguarding resources like we read about, about the man with one talent just puts it under the ground, right? It's a life of stewardship of finance. It's a life of 100% obedience to God. It's understanding that everything in my hands is the Lord. No, no, it's time, it's talent, it's treasure. As I said last week, I sometimes find believers will offer one God, God one of these things, but withhold the other. Meaning, for instance, I'll give of my time. You need servants at the house of the Lord, I'll be there. But I'm not giving my money to you. Or somebody will say, I ain't coming to the church to serve at work days. If you need an offering, just let me know. Here's the money. But you don't always find people who will do both of those things. I believe there's a reason for that, and that is it can be sometimes very hard to place every aspect of our lives in total submission to God. I would say it's pretty rare to find a believer who is sacrificially giving of time, sacrificially giving of finance. Because those are the two resources that we usually feel like we just don't have enough of. And so I'll, I'll cut you a check, but I ain't giving you a Saturday. I'll give you a Tuesday night, but I ain't giving you money too. So I, it's a little pet peeve of mine when people come up here. Now I feel bad, all the worship leaders are like, <laughs> But I, I, you will never hear me say in this pulpit, not on purpose, it's, we're going to take up our offering. I am not taking anything from you. The Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver, and it's already his anyway, so right now we are going to receive what it is that you're ready to give God. And so I'm not going to stand here and say, all right, folks, we're going to take up your offering like I'm not taking anything from you. You don't have a cheerful heart. You're not saying, I want to align my life with this promise, with this principle. Keep it. Keep it. But for your sake, for your family's sake, I pray that you will give it. To acknowledge him as the one who has blessed us with the gift of time, invested talent in us, poured out financial blessing. I want to submit every aspect of my life to God. You know, there's four types of givers kind of on this planet Earth. Think about this. Where do you see yourself here? Okay, I'm going to give you four types of givers. Number one, let's call number one Doubtful Dan. 
should have made a slide with a funny face. Doubtful Dan. But then if it's too funny, you'll be like, I'm not that person. So here's Doubtful Dan. Well, if I have enough left over, I'll, I'll tip God. I'm not saying I won't ever give it to him. But I got to take care of my own stuff first. Your lifestyle says, God, if my needs are met and I'm satisfied, I'll give a little. I'll drop a tip when they throw that screen on. I might pull up my phone, scan the QR code. But you don't hold the first position. Jesus is not the center. Their life is out of balance. They'll drop in a tip occasionally, but it's not a tithe, and they're not considering doing it. That's doubtful, Dan. Then there's Defiance Donald. Why did many of you just get a visualization of an old president? Defiant Donald says, I am not giving. If I know you're talking about giving, I'm not coming to church. You're not going to convince me to give. I'm sick of churches that want my money. I'm si I, I don't think God wants my money. I'm not doing it. I need it. I have to pay my own bills. The church doesn't need as much as I do. At least I go to church. They ought to be thankful for that. And Defiant Donald's wonder. I just don't know, Pastor, why. I just never seem to have enough. I just wish God would bless my life, Pastor. It just seems like we could just never make ends meet. Huh. Lord of all or not at all. Then there's divided Delbert. They just don't know what to do. They, they know they should tie. Like, yeah, it's a good idea. I should do this. And some of them might be sitting here tonight going, it's a good concept. You know, I meant to do that. Some of them actually are doing such a poor job managing their resources that they don't even know they're not tithing. They think, well, I've, been, I've been giving, but when they get the quarterly statement, they go, 10% of my income. Well, Lord, I made more than that. They're afraid and not sure if they can make it without it, though, or they will give tithe a couple of times, but then a bill comes up, and the bill tests the faith, and they're like, yes, I know that I had $237 in Starbucks on this bill, but if I don't pay this, I'm going to get in trouble, and I should tithe, but I really like Starbucks, and... I got to pay this Starbucks bill. Divided Delbert just hasn't learned. They believe in God. They want what God offers. But they haven't learned to walk the talk. They haven't learned stewardship. And there's devoted Dawson. There comes a time in their life when they, a lot of them you can start pointing to like a moment. This was a time when I started trusting God, where I made a decision 
I'm going to live this way. I'm going to give 10%, the first 10%. They even started giving offerings. You know, I can't remember when I started tithing. My parents raised me in a very good way. And I learned that at a young age, that when I would wash cars, I tithed on it. When I would bust tables, I would keep the numbers. Like, I always did that. But I can remember when my wife and I were married and we chose to start giving offerings. Like, we always gave offerings, but a real offering to where every month we're going to support a missionary or we're going to do this. Or we're and we did it when we were still putting groceries back with a calculator at Walmart. It was a big step. I don't know if you remember this. We sat down and started talking about offerings. And uh, it's funny because sometimes, you know, like my wife and I, we want to, like, depending on what day it is, we might give each other faith. And I remember she was the one that was like, we need to do this. And I was like, <laughs> logical Larry, let's throw in another one. How are we going to do this? I just feel like we need to do this. Right now? Or like later? Right now. Okay. And God has been faithful. And so, we've never looked back. And to this day, God, he continues literally to, to blow my mind. In every way but also in financial ways. God has been so faithful and so good. And I attribute that wholeheartedly back to God. To, I'm telling you, if you're faithful to him, he's going to be faithful to you. And I can't really always explain it. I can't explain how we were never late on a bill when we lost our jobs and had a house and just had Kira. It's just incredible. Like, I can't, but we, we just remain faithful. And I just, I just always see God. God is linked to faithfulness. And certainly, we might have to adjust our standard of living at times. But I, if something happens... You know, it often gets cut during hard times. The tithe is viewed as discretionary income, discretionary outgo. And that never should be the case. Because it never belonged to you anyway. And so it's not something that a steward says, well, let's cut this. You know what a lot of people do? They'll say, well, we have good intent. We'll catch up. I will not play with God's money. He is either the Lord of all or not Lord at all. And what we're talking about tonight, stewardship of treasure or finances, this here is often one of the most difficult things for people right here. This is more difficult for many than repenting of sins, getting in the waters of baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, living a lifestyle of holiness, even changing certain things about internal holiness, external holiness. 
this here is one of the most difficult things for some. Because people say, God is taking measurable resources from me. Things that I need right here, right now. And he's asking me to trust him with a future and give him something, trusting the future. And the thing I'm giving up is something that can affect my present. And so for some, that is so difficult. Tithing is not just trusting God with immediate needs, but it's also trusting him with future and upcoming needs. But in order to fully place our trust and confidence in, in him, we actually have to release something that makes us feel secure. God, you're asking me to trust you. And in the course of trusting you, you're telling me to give up something that makes me feel secure. And God says, yes, I am. And he understands this. And so he aims to reassure us, I can be trusted. As a matter of fact, as many of us might know, he challenges us. He doesn't just say, you can trust me, guys. He actually challenges us to trust him. Malachi 3, 8 through 12, will a man rob God? No, what? He says, yet you've robbed me. Robbed God? What? How have I robbed you? He says, in tithes and, and, well, I'm tithing. You're cursed with a curse. For you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may, meet, may be meat in mine house. And prove me now wherewith. Doesn't say trust me. Doesn't say believe in me. He says prove me. Saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not, it does not say Send you a blessing. It says, open the windows of heaven and pour you out. I mean, get that visual picture. God's not saying, trust me and I'll bless you. He says, prove me and I'll open up the windows. I mean, you ever, one of you meanies ever pour water or anything out the window on your sibling or something like that? I mean, just, just imagine that. Opening the window and just... The visual picture he gives us, he says, don't just trust me, no, prove me. Kind of, come on. And I will open up this window, and I will pour out the blessings from heaven, which I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that if we make $1,000 a week, that $100 that we're keeping because it makes us feel secure does not compare to the windows of heaven. <laughs> that I'm going to get doused with in blessing. And so he says, prove me. And I'm going to pour out a blessing. There's not going to be room enough for you to receive it. You would think every Bible believer would go, what? Wow. Sign me up. 
Man, get my wallet. Where are we? Where put throw that app up there? Let me do that. You would think everybody would do that. And some are sitting here and watching online and sitting in churches in America going, it's good. We, we got to do that. Next paycheck comes. The bills come. They go, remember we were going to do that? Yeah, but car payment, car payment, auto insurance, cell phone, Starbucks. Uh, kids school, kids soccer, kids baseball, kids basketball, kids ballet, kids gymnastics. Kids. Um, so maybe we should shoot for next month. We chuckle, but this happens all across America every single month. And some will say, I am paying it. Some will say, yeah, you know. Others say, that's a good thing. I'm really scared. Others are like, I thought I was paying it. There's others that go, this is God's. And I want to live like that. I want to imagine God opening up a window and blessing me so much that I, I literally can't even gather it together in so much. But then he goes on. He says, verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer. Yeah, this is why when some people, I'll tell you, I am not somebody who's like always looking at the finances. I never was. When we started with 18 people, I never, I, I will look once a quarter. When you get your quarterly statements, I will take a look at that. You know why I look at that? Because I want to be able to pastor you to the best of my ability. I want to pray with you. I, when someone comes into my offices, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, things are bad, it seems like nothing's going right. I will reference whether or not you pay tithes. I know some might disagree and go, my goodness, that seems rude. But I preach the word. And so I will look at this and I will say, well, he promised he'll not only pour out the, his blessings through the windows of heaven so much we can't contain it, but he actually says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. They'll not, and think about back then, you know, this was everything. It's not, it's not going to destroy the fruit of your crown, the vine cast for fruit before our time. He's basically saying, I'm not just going to bless you. I'm going to make sure that all those things that are consuming other people, there, I'm going I'm I'm to put my hand of protection on you. And so, for me... I want to know, like, if you're struggling, hey, let's talk about this. Not be the only thing, but let's talk about this. Because are you aligning your life with the promises of God? Because he goes on, verse 12, and all nations shall call you blessed. And then verse 13. Did I not go verse 13? I'm sorry. Where was that one? Keep going. Keep going. Just go down. Can you go down or no? I'm putting her on the spot. Is it, is it, is it hard to find it or no? Okay. 
can you go to King James? Because we're reading King James. I keep, I keep challenging you. Sorry. She's like, you are going to get me to quit tonight before I leave. That's my mistake. I looked down at my notes and never sent it to you. I'll take credit for that. No? It's okay. It's okay. We'll move on. What he goes on to say is people that don't, he says, he, he goes on and says, you are cursed with a curse. So on one hand, he talks all about blessing. And on the other hand, he talks all about being cursed. And if I said tonight, if I opened up the message, and, and you, you all knew where I was going, but if I said, hey, church, welcome to Refuge Church, who here wants to be blessed by God? Hands would go up. A couple would stay down because they'd be like, I know he's leading us somewhere. I'm... <laughs> but if I said, now, how many of you are desperately desiring God to curse you and your family? I don't think anybody would be like, me right here. That's what I came here for tonight. <laughs> but yet here he goes through Malachi and he says, you robbed me. How have you robbed me? Tithes and offerings. If you'll just, if you'll just prove me, I'm going to open up the windows. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless your life. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. If you don't, I'm going to curse you. Curse your family. That's why so many people, 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 I feel cursed at times. Well, you might be. You might be. And that's why I review financial statements, trying to help you out once in a while. Oh, man, pastors sometimes tell me, I'm so uncomfortable talking about money. I'm like, why? Scripture's so clear on it. Now, I certainly would not want to talk about it every single time, and I know you certainly wouldn't want me to talk about it every single time, but I will not shy away from this topic because I want you to be blessed, and I don't want you to be cursed. And so, he says, you're going to be cursed if you do this. And you and you look down through this, and, and Basically, the concept of stewardship is this, living outside yourself. Time, talent, treasure. Living outside yourself. Well, it's just sometimes it's a real sacrifice to come and minister at the church. Yeah. But it, it just it costs money. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that, although we are an important part of his plan and he loves us, he is the one who has the most important things in his hands, time, talent, treasure. But in order for him to be able to bless and guide these important things, we have to be willing to submit to his plan. And not to take these things back in our own hands, what would it take for you to try this? For you to go, you know what? I want to live this way. I want to do this. I want to try. I, I absolutely, if God walked in and said, just trust me and do this, would we do it? Well, he already did that. Our response to God's call to tithe is a direct indication of where our treasure is. Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then Jesus adds a couple verses later in 24. He says, no one 
can serve two masters. You're going to hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's the reasons I've heard why some people don't give. Well, January is Christmas bills. February, it's heating bills. March, it's income taxes. April, it's spring break. May, because vacation's coming up, and then Mother's Day. June, because we're overdoing it on vacation, and Father's Day, but yeah, come on, we know we're not spending a lot on Father's Day, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> July, because of fireworks. August, back to school expenses. September, because the fair is in town. October is the Halloween fall festival costumes, candy. November because Thanksgiving meals and travel. And December, we got to go Christmas shopping. People who don't tithe tend to think, well, I can barely meet my budget now. Well, that's the problem. You're trying to be blessed without honoring God first. God used Haggai to rebuke his people in Haggai 1. God's house was in ruins, needing rebuilding. And God says this to Israel. He says, you've planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. It's amazing. Sometimes you ever, don't raise your hand, but I'm sure some of us could relate to a life like this once in a while. Like, man, I know. But when you don't put God first, this is how you will live. Work harder for a little return. Eat but never full. Clothe but not warm. Your money will feel like you're putting it in pockets with holes. So my challenge to you as we close, not only tonight but this series, is to bring God into the picture. Make him the Lord of your finances. Make him the Lord of your time. Make him the Lord of your talent. When you do, you'll find he'll bless you. And he will give you immense wisdom on what to do with that leftover 90%. It's, it's like a cliche statement, but it's so true. I truly believe that if God blesses, the, pours out the windows of heaven, blessing from heaven, on my 90% that's blessed by him, that will be unbelievably better than my 100% that is cursed by him. And as you see God bless you, I really believe that you'll start even to give the offerings and because for us, this is, this is the lifestyle of a believer. This is the lifestyle of one who's a steward that says, my life is yours, God. And when things come up, you won't be able to give to every single thing all the time. Large sums. But as a steward, every time you can go, God, how would you have me direct your resources on this particular occasion? And he will speak, and your life will be blessed. So where are you on this today? Stewardship is understanding it's all God's. My goal is to honor him. I want to further his kingdom. One of the greatest ways I can do this is just with my time. 
with my talent, with my treasure. It's all his. Now, if you are here watching online and you're like one of these people that are like, I've thought about this. It's just really scary. I know it is. You've gotten used to living life, paying bills, doing these things on this amount of money. And all of a sudden, 10% is a chunk. And you're like, wow, that's, that's a jump. That's scary. But most things that are powerfully blessed by God are just a little scary. First time you stepped out of that pew and walked to an altar, you probably were just a little bit nervous. Maybe the first time you raised up in hand, maybe that was a little awkward. First time you walked into this building as an unknown person. For some of you can still remember that. It's probably just a little bit nerve-wracking. First time you stepped on your new job. It's all, that's part of life. But especially when it comes to the things of God. It seems like he's always like, step out. The lepers were cleansed as they went. Peter walked on the water once he stepped out of that boat. Like they, it's just, it requires sometimes where you're just like, ah. He just doesn't do this then. That's why Peter just really succeeded. Because he was the type of person, he was that personality. Like, Peter, I was thinking about maybe going, okay, let's go. It's crazy at times, but God can bless that. And so I invite you to stand to your feet tonight. And I invite you to just find a place to pray. And to talk to God about your time, your talent, your treasure. Examine where he is in the rating. And the scope of things. Is he Lord of all or not at all? Is he Lord of the finances? Or is he only Lord of the time? Or vice versa? Where is he at in your life? Because I I promise you, more than my promise, he promises you. He challenges you. Prove me in this. I want to open up this window and I just want to douse you with so many blessings. You can't even contain them. If you want that, then align your life or continue to align your life with his promises and watch what he continues to do with you, to you, through you, in you. Jesus, as we begin to find a place to pray tonight, God, help us to align our lives with your promises, to be the stewards that you want us to be, God, faithful, sacrificial, genuine, consistent, time, talent, treasure, God, it's all yours. Jesus, let everything that you've given me, let it further your kingdom. Let it bless others. God, and Lord, I thank you for blessing not only me, but this church. 
God, Refuge Church has your divine favor, and we don't take that for granted. Thank you for your many blessings. God, if anybody here is struggling to step out in faith, help them, Lord, to just calm their fear right now and let them know that your word is true. Let them know that your word never fails, that your promises, your covenant is forever. It's unwavering, God. Let them know, Lord, that you've spoken and that you will honor your word. In Jesus' name. Teach me to trust. 